Here we go. You are listening to Law and Gospel on this email Friday, August the 26th in the year of our Lord 2022. I'm Pastor Tom Baker, and I'm here to reply to emails that we have received, sometimes about the program, sometimes about other issues. So we're only too happy for you to send an email to Law and Gospel at Law and Gospel 101.com. All right. We had an email sent to us by an individual who was questioning what I had to say when we were talking about the Jewish Sabbath is on a Saturday. And here's what is said. You indicated that the Jewish Sabbath was on Saturday. It is actually sundown on Friday to sundown on Saturday. I just wanted to clarify this. Well, the fact of the matter is that we need to understand that there were two systems of time in the Bible. The Jewish daytime hours began with dawn and ended with sundown, which began the next day. Therefore, the hours are seasonal, so the length of the daylight hours varied with the season of the year. In contrast to that, the Romans began their day at midnight and counted 12 hours to high 12 noon, and then 12 more hours from noon to the next midnight. This helps us to understand passages in the Bible that some people have said contradict each other. Uh, For example, when it says that Jesus was crucified on the third hour, a lot of people say, no, he wasn't crucified at 3 p.m., But the third hour is talking about Jewish time, which means he went on the cross at 9 a.m. In fact, we need to recognize that from a Jewish point of view, more things happened on Friday than they did on Thursday. What I mean by that is we often talk about Monday, Thursday, as the day when Jesus had the last meal with his disciples and gave his body and blood to the the disciples. Now that's very interesting to understand, but the fact of the matter is, is that that was Jewish time. And Jewish time is something different than Roman time. So when we're talking about Jewish time, what we're talking about is a different day. In fact, one can say that the Monday-Thursday meal really occurred on Friday since it had occurred in the evening and Jewish time began in the evening. Therefore, It really occurred on Friday, not Monday, Thursday. But in Roman time, 
which is, by the way, we use, means that that is the time that is different. And it helps to understand what appear to be contradictions in the Bible where there really are none. If you understand that sometimes they're using Jewish time, sometimes Roman time. So from a Jewish point of view, Saturday was Saturday beginning at our time, Friday. In fact, remember we had Joseph of Arimathea and Nicodemus who went to Pontius Pilate to take down the body of Jesus prior to when it was getting dark because they would have been unable to work on the Sabbath, which would have been Friday around six o'clock, and instead took his body down and buried it on Friday. So it is not inaccurate to talk about the Sabbath day being Saturday, because for Jews in Jesus' day, Saturday began on what we would refer to as Friday at 6 p.m. So that, that was just a clarification, and we need to be, well, dutiful towards how the scriptures give time. All right, yesterday we were talking about that the California State Assembly had approved Bill AB 2943, which declares that no church can deal with changing the sexual orientation of an individual if they think that they're gay or if they think that, yes, they were born male, but they want to be female, the church should not be involved in correcting that. In fact, it says, if they engage in sexual orientation change efforts with an individual, that would be illegal under the state's consumer fraud law, and they could be sued. And so we talked about how Christians are beginning to be persecuted for what we believe, teach, and confess. Well, we received another email about a Christian school in Florida that's being persecuted for its prohibitive sexual policy. And that policy well, it sounds like it's Lutheran. For example, it's against adultery, against homosexuality, and other such things that God prohibits. But they are being persecuted. Grace Christian School Administrator Barry McKean published a response video following a news conference last week and said that he was prompted to do so because people were portraying the school as hateful. He says, we are not a hateful group of people. We don't hate students who are of a particular persuasion, he said in the video. 
He was shocked that the policy would even make national headlines and argued that the outrage from some across the country is indicative of America moving away from a proper understanding of God and Christianity. He said, it's kind of been beyond me that this has blown up to what it is. Like you're shocked that a Christian school has this policy, he said. He also relayed to Fox that he told the congregation at church on Sunday morning that the outrage over the policy is just showing you where our country is at. They either don't understand God or they're just so rejecting of him, they want to fight on every level about everything that he says. Now, we're seeing that as we talked about earlier on the ELCA. Its leadership is very much against what the Bible has to say. In fact, to the point where they believe that people who are not Christian, like Hindu and Muslims, etc., are our brothers and sisters in Christ. And therefore, it's really terrible to try and go and convert them because it is saying something to them that upsets them, and we can understand that. So what we're dealing with is not only items in the world. There are, for example, pro-life buildings that are being attacked and, well, kind of being destroyed with stones, etc., and it's important to realize that it's because people do not know God. In fact, if you want to know about God's attitude, read the book of Proverbs that we're studying on Wednesdays. And again and again, it says that the two distinctions between human beings are believers who follow the wisdom of Jesus Christ and the foolish ones who follow Satan's temptations. And the two are so different that those who follow Satan do not know God. They may say they have a God, but the God that they have, if you let them describe it, is nowhere like the God of the Bible. Now, the Lutheran Church Missouri Synod, of which I am a member, also is having a problem in our university system, much the same as these two emails have. We operate 1,885 early childhood and K-12 schools, making it the largest Protestant school system in the country. While Lutherans of color compromise approximately 5% of LCMS church membership, Lutheran school enrollment has grown markedly more diverse 
a decade ago, students in our schools of color made up 18% of enrollment, but that number has since risen to 24%. In fact, in the parochial school that we went to, my wife would often drive children there in the morning with our kids, and there was no doubt that there was a growing list of those who were not white. As Lutherans explore how they might better increasingly deal with diverse student population, the LCMS finds itself embroiled in conflict over the matter. These tensions have revealed themselves in the contentious and compelling events that have recently occurred on campuses of the Concordia University System, a network of six higher institutions that operate under the governance of the LCMS. For example, in Concordia, Wisconsin, after Reverend Dr. Patrick Ferry had retired, the Board of Regents began what would become a contentious presidential search process. And during this search process, they put names on there that had a different understanding of Lutheran theology and how a school should operate than did the Lutheran Church Missouri Synod. While Wisconsin's efforts have been criticized by LCMS leadership, there has been an outcry from the students themselves. Now, why is that? Because many of these students in the university system are not Lutheran, and they call out this spring Organized protests said that they say that there is a culture of racism and homophobia on campus. Now, as soon as you hear that word homophobia, you know what kind of students you're dealing with. You're dealing with students who think that homosexuality is perfectly okay and therefore anyone against it is considered a homophobe. And those two words come from a fear of homosexuality. Some students say they've long felt the environment at Concordia is unwelcoming, and therefore they decided to organize after voicing concerns about allegations of racism at the school. Now, why do they think that we in the Lutheran Church, Missouri Synod, are racism? Well, president of the Latino Student Union, America Sanchez, she cited allegations that the school had removed culturally significant flags 
and Black Lives Matter signs that students had posted. Here's what she says. I just want to understand how we can put up our posters saying Black Lives Matter, but we can fund a pro-life march to Washington, D.C. What is the difference, she said, between fighting for that life and fighting for black life? Now, President Don, he said the following, black lives do matter. We are committed to black lives, to black families, to you as an entire student body. The only reason there is any discomfort with the phrase Black Lives Matter has to do with the organization by that name that specifically has anti-Christian roots. It's true, he says, you can look it up. Now that's really important. Just because somebody says Black Lives Matter you need to understand what they mean by it. In fact, if you went to one of their rallies and you had a sign, white lives matter also, they would be really angry with you because they think that white lives, they have privileges in this country that black lives don't have. And and so far, so far they want therefore Black Lives Matter to be the only thing that's talked about because white lives don't have the problems. Well, this is a good example of people not understanding humanity. I pastored in a church that had many black lives and many white lives, lives. And I have to say that it was very obvious to me that both groups had great suffering. They had situations where they were not sure what God's will was. And it took counseling to help people do that. In the last century or so, President Don has written that progressivism and that's just another word for liberal theology, has gradually emerged as America's dominant belief system. The manifestations are numerous. LGBTQ+, also Black Lives Matter, Antifa, third wave feminism, socialism, the white privileged police, and so on. And he said, it is certainly true that the progressivism's influence is stronger in Chicago than in Cheyenne, in Colorado, than it is in Kentucky. He says, what you're seeing now is a lot of black, brown, and everybody else who are really upset because they don't feel heard, said one alumni 
who was in attendance and is now a graduate student. We made a lot of decisions without hearing these kids out. We got to hear these kids and not hide behind Christianity as a reason why we are not hearing them. Well, what does that remind you of? That reminds you of the ministry of Jesus. The Pharisees also believed that Jesus did not hear them. Why? Because he did not agree with the Pharisees' teaching that you are saved by your works. Remember that one Pharisee thanking God he wasn't like a tax collector who was a sinner working for the Romans? Instead, he kept the laws of fasting. He kept other ceremonial laws and thought, therefore, he was more pleasing to God than Jesus and his disciples. In fact, Jesus would do all kinds of things not hearing the Pharisees. He would heal people on the Sabbath. One gentleman who was in, on a bed, he not only healed him so he could walk, but then he told him to pick up his bed and leave. And that picking up his bed would be a rule that Judaism had against working on the Sabbath. And they would pluck grain from cornfields, etc., to eat, which that was done on the Sabbath. In fact, many of the things that Jesus was criticized for was because the Pharisees did not believe that he should be doing such things on the Sabbath because of their new rules that are not found in the Bible, but were made up. And there were contradictions to the rules. For example, you are not allowed to carry a vessel with water in it on the Sabbath unless you could carry it in your teeth. Now, what does that mean? Well, a heavy vessel with water in it on the Sabbath would be understood as working on the Sabbath, contrary to the will of God, they said. But if you could carry it in your teeth, then it would not be that heavy a vessel and would not therefore be considered against what? Doing the will of God. Well, these challenges have existed in the Lutheran Church, Missouri Synod. Since 2018, three Concordias have closed, New York, Portland, and Alabama, which was the LCMS's only historically black college, known as Concordia Selma. But this group that puts out this email I received is referred to as Lutherans for Racial Justice. I don't know why they just don't join the ELCA because the ELCA denomination has moved away from 
the gospel of Jesus Christ to social ministry. They actually raise money in order to purchase land to give it back to Indians who they feel the land was stolen from. And of course, they teach their leadership that it's not necessary to believe in Jesus to be saved because all human beings are brothers and sisters in Christ. No, that's not the task of the church. In fact, what does social ministry end up occurring? It occurs in churches that think you're saved by obeying God's law. And, and so this group, which is the Lutherans for Social Justice and Racial Justice, have really taken on the liberal progressive movement that some politicians have also taken on in allowing gay lifestyles, in allowing people to change the gender they have with which they were born, in allowing abortion because there are good reasons for abortion, they say. This kind of talk needs to be dealt with by a strong Christian church, such as the Lutheran Church, Missouri Synod. And we've already seen district conventions that are dealing with this matter. Uh, next year, in 2023, we will be having the next convention, and we will deal, God willing, with these universities who are drifting away from proper Christian teaching. I'm Tom Baker. Join us on Monday to hear the proper Christian teaching from a law and gospel point of view of readings for the following Sunday. Until then, God bless you. Listen to Law and Gospel each weekday morning at 9.30 on KFUO. For a tax-deductible gift to Law and Gospel, please make your checkout to Law and Gospel and mail to Law and Gospel P.O. Box 28910, St. Louis, Missouri 63132, or call toll-free 1-877-267-1962. Views and opinions expressed on Worldwide KFUO may not represent the official position of the management or ownership of KFUO, the Lutheran Church, Missouri Synod. If you'd like to comment on programs or topics heard on Worldwide KFUO, write us at KFUO, 1333 South Kirkwood Road, St. Louis, Missouri, 63122. You can also leave a question or comment on our comment line at 314-996-1542. We are the messenger of good news, Worldwide KFUO.